Monday evening with yet another Level Up podcast, and I must say I'm pretty uh, pumped right now because we have a very, very special guest, um, kind of different from some of the guests we've had in the past, but uh, nonetheless, I'm very um, humbled and honored to have uh, this person on the show today. Uh, I'd like to introduce the wonderful Icky Vicky. Hello, nice to be here. Thank you so much yes, for having yes. me. Absolutely. How are you feeling this evening? Oh, I'm feeling great. Good, good, mm. good, good. So we're going to roll right into it. So um, we kind of talked a little bit earlier about some of the things that you do. So can you explain to uh, everyone that's tuning in right now uh, exactly what it is you do, maybe like where you're from, um, and then we'll kind of just go from there. Yeah, so I grew up in Pittsburgh right in like the south, like boroughs, south hills. Okay. And um, I've always been interested in music, interested in making music, but I've always been, I was always kind of timid. Um, and then I saw a few years ago some vaudeville style sideshow and I was so, so inspired by it. Mm. Um, it was just a mixture of burlesque and sideshow and I felt like I could do that, you know? Right. So I was definitely super inspired by some people around Pittsburgh, namely uh, Danger Dave with Stolen Stitches Sideshow mm. and uh, Claudette and Charlie Thargic, who are also on Stolen Stitches Sideshow. And knowing them and kind of getting a little bit of a feel for how they create their acts, uh, that was really inspiring to me. And I was doing mostly doing like lovely assistant work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the music that I make, I play banjo ukulele, but... The whole like girl with the ukulele thing is so played out right. and such and kind of like boring. Right, right. So I wanted to find something I could sort of make my own. So this year I started formulating the act and writing okay. the act. And now I am doing a Icky Vicky's Broken Heart Sideshow. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So um, so you do sideshow stuff or acts. Um, can you maybe explain like what um, an act would look like? How Like from start to finish, kind of what are some of the things that you kind of do okay so every act the most important thing for me is to warn people <laughs> what you're about <laughs> to like see stuff might get crazy yeah here, just a little trigger warning you know if right. you don't like some of this more disgusting the pain and torture act sometimes there's a little bit of blood you know i mm -hmm. do a stapling act mm -hmm. this is a classic sideshow act it's called hundred dollar man okay and so basically you ask the audience to staple money to you okay and wow. you know w you can do like ones and fives but then asking like okay well if you want to staple my my ass then you have to give me a 10 if you want to staple my face you have to give me a higher oh, wow. denomination you know and uh so 
typically, yeah, I'll do the trigger warning and I sing a little bit. Uh, last night I was at the Dark Circus fundraiser event and I did my first burlesque act where okay. I stripped. Okay. Um, because I've never done that before. Um, and it went really well. Okay. Okay. So that's yeah. that's very different. So, you know, me, I'm like I told you earlier, you know, I'm a very queasy person. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't imagine um, doing that myself. Like what? Like, I know you said you saw some people who, like, really inspired you, but, like, for yourself, like, what do you think, like, uh, you know, pushed you to want to kind of get into that? Like, what was the thought process there? Well, the first sort of clowny type of thing I started doing was uh, fire flow. Okay. And fire eating and fire breathing. Okay. Uh, and that's how I sort of got into it, and I realized, I hey, I have a pretty high pain tolerance, mm. you know, and I could do fire fleshing mm. and... It didn't really bother me. I would have burns on my arms, and I oh like wow. I was like I couldn't feel it. Did you know women have a higher pain tolerance than men? Oh That's yeah. a fact. Facts oh be yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then I started getting into some other tricks and the mouse traps. Taking a mouse trap to the face didn't really phase oh. me. Yeah, on my tongue, on my nose. Oh. Um, it it yeah it didn't phase me. So then I started to do the fish hooks through the lips, okay. and. Again, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not, I could do, I could take a little more than that. I'll take a little more than that. So mm. I started to do this other act, which is um, eating glass. Okay. And um, it's really a sort of a crowd pleaser, especially if they see you break the glass. Oh. Like you'll drink out of it. And then my whole thing is my stage persona is Icky Vicky, which is kind of a rip on fairly odd parents. Okay which uh, a lot of people in our age group came up on that, you mm. know, and so you'll remember Icky Vicky, she's so gross as like the babysitter. Right. So I'll say in my act, Icky Vicky, she's so gross. And be like, how gross is she? <laughs> right. It's like um, my two favorite foods are fire and glass. Uh. So optimally, if I have a venue that will allow me to have fire, then I'll do fleshing on myself, eat the fire, extinguish it. And then saying like, you know, oh, I like to eat glass too and break the glass eat the glass and mm. then I always make a joke that would say like my third favorite food is ass but like see me after the show <laughs> <laughs> she eating booty uh, oh yeah ew, it's true <laughs> so um I know we, when we were talking a little bit earlier you were saying how um you you've become uh, a little more successful in, uh, in recent months um can you kind of talk about um your start like how you know when you started um doing the acts and then kind of how like you grew and like now you're doing bigger and you know, bigger shows and stuff like that. Can you kind of take us yeah, through that? sure. Um, okay, so earlier this year for the Lawrenceville Art Crawl, I had some folks ask me with Red Fishbowl, uh, Joe Craft and Chris Bowles. Okay, yeah, that's my homie. Yeah, yeah. the homies, Red <laughs> Fishbowl. Uh, they said, hey, we have a lot of performance openings, so you, you know, maybe want to do your thing. And I kind of was like, all right, well, this is going to be it. This is going to be my first solo show. Mm -hmm. So I did that show at Belvedere's, and... It went really, really well, like okay. way better than I was expecting it to. Okay. Because I kind of went into it like, okay, if I fall on my face and flop, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a clown right, right now, right. so it don't it doesn't really matter, you know. And it's like kind of like takes the edge off mm. of it almost. Mm -hmm. um, after that, I started doing a few more like smaller solo shows, house shows. Um, just recently, I did my friend's Zine release show at Hambones. Okay. And. Um, in August, I had my very first show that 
I was running. Okay. And that was the pie eating contest. Okay. Oh yeah, so yeah self, self won. won the pie. <laughs> self siphoned in, y'all. He won the pie eating contest. I'm pretty sure you know why he won that. All 270 pounds of him was like <laughs> pie, no problem. <laughs> yeah, he actually got the um, title belt, the pie eating title belt. So nice. Nice. He'll hold it for the whole year. Next year we're gonna do another pie eating contest. Okay. Um, and, where, and where was that at? It was at Glitterbox Theater. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, people responded really, really well to that. Um, I did a lot of, I like a lot of, like, absurd comedy mm-hmm. and, like, anti-comedy right, type right. of stuff. Um, and so the promotion videos that we made for it were, like, out of control. I worked with the dudes from Spish because they played the show. Mm-hmm. So Nate and Forrest from Spish helped me to film and edit the videos, and they turned out amazing. And Dope. I think that's what got a lot of people to sharing it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sending it as messages to their friends like holy shit look at this crazy video right. so like you got a good ago. you got a good turnout there. oh yeah it was a great great night okay. and um so i'm i rented out the glitter box theater again for this valentine's day and i'm gonna be hosting the dating game okay but we'll have burlesque acts variety show and comedy acts mm-hmm. in between rounds of the classic dating game okay so um I'm really, really excited for that. I'm going to be starting doing promotion for it. But it seems like people are really into the events. Mm-hmm. Um, there there are a lot of performers that are doing similar things in Pittsburgh. But I feel as though the way that we're putting it together, um, it's a really laid back environment. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like you know, with the comedy acts and the variety show acts, it attracts a lot of different people who maybe feel like oh i typically feel socially anxious going out to the bar mm-hmm, going out mm-hmm, do this mm-hmm. other thing but because it's such like a fun laid-back environment right. people feel really comfortable coming out so i'm happy to put on the event the events it's really been a great time dope dope yeah. well, that's a- amazing wow um so i know you also mentioned that you were going on tour did you want to talk oh about yeah, the yeah, yeah. She's yeah. Like, oh um, yeah okay so my <laughs> next show is going to be december 7th in the north side it's a house show mm-hmm. um but i'm playing with cousin boneless and holy locust and holy locust is an incredible band they uh describe themselves as anarcho end time jazz mm. and they are really incredible there's a woman that is one of the singers in the band she plays guitar her name is summer newman she is just like one of my like folk icons Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i feel really grateful to be on the bill for about four shows i think okay um and that's going to be from december 7th until the 12th i'm gonna go to richmond knoxville and asheville and then take a bus back okay cool Um, but i'll be doing sideshow in between the axe and uh, Holy Locust has an accordion player, as does Cousin Boneless. So okay. they'll probably have. So you're gonna, you're gonna be doing like more music stuff, and then in between you'll do sideshow stuff. Yeah, um, uh, and then have accompaniment by the other band members Sweet. while I'm doing sideshow. So I'm really excited, and a lot of the venues reached out to me and asked about my act, mm-hmm. and so we're gonna try to get as much fire performance. I feel like that's. Mo- probably the most impressive thing that I do okay. is to eat fire and just like my like tolerance do for fire. Do you know any of the like um like poi fire community people? Uh, I have some friends. Uh, Jamie Apgar goes by oh the yeah. app. Do you know Jamie? I know Jamie. Yeah, that's my boy. I've known him since I was eighteen. Yeah, I was actually like at his birthday party this past year. Wait, you were at the the pirate party? Mm-hmm. I was there too. Oh, you were? Yeah, I'm a captain. Yeah. I'm in. A, I'm in a pirate gang, y'all, and I'm oh. a captain. I got my own ship. 
He's one of my shipmates. I think Isaac is one of mine too. I don't. I don't know. I think and Justin is. That, that's really cool. Pittsburgh, small world. Yeah, small Pittsburgh. Cool, cool, cool. Um, okay, so um, I kind of wanted to talk a little more about your music and your your process of creating uh, music. Um, I know we, you know, you mentioned a little bit outside. Uh, maybe if you could talk about um, kind of like your inspiration when writing and kind of what what you how, like what you want your final product to look like when you're creating a song if you can kind of dive into that a little bit it'd be great yeah um so for the music that i make outside of the sideshow a lot of it has to do with mental illness mm -hmm. and some like heavier topics right. and i don't feel as though it really fits into the show so a lot of times what i'll do is i'll take the chords for the songs that i wrote mm -hmm. that are like really he like heavy subject matter and then i'll make it into something fun okay uh, for the show, um, I had for the pie eating contest and for the freak show festival, mm -hmm. I had written a song with Ashley Shear that was oh, about um, <laughs> basically cool. being a slut and not being ashamed about it, mm. and basically just being like, "Yeah, this is why we don't find love is because we're such big sluts." Mm. And then just like wrote this song but the actual song that i wrote to that is about in being having insomnia mm. due to hypomania mm. and so it's a really heavy song but then we turned it around and it was like tie me up daddy tie me up put your love inside my mouth put your love inside my butt and it's just like super goofy like nobody That's can like great. sit and listen to that without right. laughing or just reacting it really catches a lot of attention right um, so I do, I'll do things like that to try to mix it up and make it really fun for the show. I do a lot of parodies. Um, that's a, another like theme in Sideshow or like a classic Sideshow thing is to do parodies of okay. other songs. Okay. Um, so I do, have you ever seen the Big Comfy Couch? Yes. yes the late girl okay. with the, the John and she's sitting in the oh, John. Oh, love the her. Yeah, she's cool. What's her name? Lunette the Clown. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. So I, I, I sing the, a parody of the theme song okay. to that in a lot of times. So when I do my act, I'll say, like, you're my trigger warning. And I'll say, if you, you know, just like Tinder, this act is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Get people. But then say, my act is also very heavily reliant on audience participation. And mm -hmm. I'll get everyone to start clapping the tempo to that song okay and i'll sing uh get ready to clown around with your friend icky vicky she's so twisted and sickening the broken hearted clown <laughs> and like you know just mix it up but most people like i said with the icky vicky thing most people in our generation like remember that mm -hmm, or at least mm -hmm. if they can't like put their finger on it right then right they kind of recognize like, that, melody. that somewhere yeah yeah yeah. yeah cool. and also i s do a parody of uh betty boops i want to be loved by you mm -hmm. but i'll say i want to be hurt by you because at the time i'll be doing mousetrap tap dance mm -hmm. which is i put mousetraps out on my feet and tap dance with them Oh. And um, if I, in the event that I'm not able to do the mousetrap tap dance, I'll just straight up put mousetraps out on myself. Like last night, I was at the Dark Cir Circus Cabaret mm -hmm, fundraiser, mm -hmm. and I had my boots on, and I didn't want to take my shoes off to do that. So I did my burlesque thing where I say like, "I'm not resting until I find what will make your eyes glisten with joy." And right then, I like take my shirt off. 
It's like your eyes glisten with joy, yeah. you know, good titties. <laughs> oh, that's what you did there. And then um, I'll just start saying I want to be hurt by you, just you, and be putting mousetraps, like, on my nipples, Ouch. on my face. And then people really, really respond to that. And, of course, that's like a, you know, everybody's heard that song. Right. So. And so what is the response like from people? Like, what are the types of responses have you got? Or, like, after your show, like, what do people say you know, when they come to talk to you? The very first show that I put on at Belvedere's for the art crawl, somebody came up to me and said they've never had that type of visceral body reaction to a performance mm. or that they have and not felt that in a very long time. Mm. That was probably one of the biggest compliments that I got. Right. Um, someone who's seen my act over and over again just complimented me recently and said, oh, I love it that you do something different. Like, it's never really the same. Right. There'll be, like, some of the jokes are the same or some of the songs, but, right. like, for the most part, I rewrite the acts. Okay. You have to have a level time. of consistency, but yeah. you also have to surprise people every time. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, but I also have a lot of like disgusted. Like I've I had people gagging, whenever I was at um, Hambones recently doing mm -hmm. an act because I had face floss in, which face floss is when you take a piece of plastic tubing, you put it, insert it into your nostril, and then you take it through your sinus cavity and you pull it back out through your mouth. So all through the show, I had face floss in before I performed. Oh and when wow. I came out after I did the first intro song, I pulled out the face floss out of my nose really dramatically. And ha I could see people gagging in the audience. And right. I really love that. Like, you know, it's I mean, I think it just triggers that gag yeah. reflex because, like, as soon as you said that, you said that to me earlier. You're like, "Do you have any tube? I could do that." And I'm like, "Oh, just imagining what that would feel like." I think it, it's not like to look at. It's probably like, "Okay, that's kind of gross," but I think people like kind of internalize that feeling yeah. of like gagging, and then that's where it's like, Ooh, "You know they what I really mean?" Really do, right? Yeah. Um, also, at my at a show I had in West Virginia for Halloween. Um, I ate glass at that show and I had somebody come up from the audience and ask if they could also have a piece of glass because mm. they didn't believe me that it was real. Huh. And then they bit into it and kind of screamed like, ah, and the entire audience was like <gasps> all gasped all at the same time in unison. And it was really amazing because um, <laughs> up to that point, I guess if they didn't realize it was that real it was glass, real. Right. I mean, you could hear it, cr me crunching it, right. but I don't know if they just thought it was like, a prop right. or that it wasn't real okay um but it is interesting to see once people realize like oh this is real mm -hmm. you can see it change in their face right um one act that i do called hundred dollar man people will be really disgusted by it when they see you getting stapled with money i mean you can see people being like visibly like shaken visibly like mm -hmm. jarred by it but when it's their time and they decide they're gonna do it you see this change in their eyes from mm. disgust to like this like elation like they're so excited and they're I, so I, I get it I, I get away it. with hurting someone real quick <laughs> I I, yeah everyone kind of has a little little demon little in them that demon, just yeah. wants to staple people in the face that'd be great so um a lot of the work you do clearly is very like risky to your body um you know beautiful nonetheless but very risky to your body have you um experienced you know any like bad injuries or like how or were you just like man i'm used to this this is nothing and everything's been everything or have you experienced anything that was like ouch i might have pushed it too far yeah definitely um i it was after a set i was cleaning up all the cinder remnants of cinder blocks because i had somebody smash cinder blocks over my chest while i was laying on the bed of nails mm -hmm. so i was cleaning up the cinder blocks and i just 
had one little misstep and I stepped right on my bed of nails to where the nails, two of them like punctured through my foot. Oh my God. And then I have had, I still have like, it's like a scab or something. It's right. like healing up, but it took a really long time for that to heal. And um, I kept like irritating it. Obviously mm -hmm. it's like, can't stay off walking. my feet. Right, right. Um, yeah. And uh, with the puncture wounds after the Lawrenceville art crawl, I had like 117 puncture wounds on my body, something like that. And I make this, this uh, little solution mm -hmm. and I call it uh, wound juice <laughs> made, made by clowns for clowns. Okay. And it's basically just lemons, apple cider vinegar, and turmeric. Mm -hmm. And so I'll put that on topically and like bathe to ha have like baths of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it definitely gets to being where like my body is really stressed out just from all the like right. little tiny puncture wounds. I can imagine. That's like getting a thousand paper cuts. I heard you can die from that. One thousand, exactly. 1, Something like that. So uh, if you don't mind me mentioning, you are a mother, okay? So you have young children. Um, and, um, you know, you do these shows for adults, uh, but I think I overheard you saying like, you know, you have some kid friendly stuff. Can you talk about, um, you know, how do you change what you do to maybe work for younger audiences? Yeah. Most of what I do is like, a, is an adult show for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, earlier this spring, I just had somebody ask, Oh, do you do miming? Mm. And I never did miming. I never was a mime and mm -hmm. I had been like eating fire and doing this like debauchery, clown debauchery. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Oh, why not? I'll try, I'll try it out. And I started to watch videos and to really research and it's an art form. Mm -hmm. It seriously is. I don't really do it justice when I've have done it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the miming definitely was fa family friendly. And I, so I've went to like Deutschtown music festival. Okay. I did miming okay. there. My favorite is when there's a marching band on the, on the bill mm -hmm. because then as a mime it's like yeah i'm a part of the band right. look at this trumpet right like march along and have a good time um i do fire around my kids they love it mm -hmm. they will like they'll like scream and cheer like more fireballs right, more right. fireballs so the fire definitely they love um but the miming and juggling and just practicing tricks and balance mm -hmm. and acrobatics they love it i have a trapeze in my house okay. and they're all about it they always tell me like oh look at my trick look at look what i can do right, and right. my daughter even calls herself cordelia danger she has like a <laughs> sideshow persona already cool so are you gonna if your kids are like mom we want to do this are you gonna encourage them to do it oh yeah for sure you know of course or old enough to do it and, and just to be confident because i feel like that was sort of like in my upbringing whereas my family would be like oh no like you you have to do like something that's like re a respectable right. you know or you have to like be a certain way or like whatever so I just always felt like sort of more timid about expressing myself in right, those ways right. just because it was like sort of a thing like do it right or don't do it at right, all right, right, right. and um with sideshow it's like no it's not really like that I mean of course you have to be safe and make sure you have your safety precautions mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know with as with anything but there is a lot of room for error it's right. something that's really like really nice so and exploratory so kids getting into it, it's like oh look at your trick you can do parkour mm -hmm. oh look at this you're a gymnast look at this you're an acrobat mm -hmm. and just like so other things yeah, can come out of it yeah and That's just cool. make them feel confident with like whatever they're whatever they want to do you know okay so i'm assuming there th there's definitely a stigma like a negative stigma for people like i'm just thinking like your conservative types or just people who are like oh no that's gross or that's weird or 
that's this mm-hmm. like what like how do you i mean maybe you don't ever explain what you do but like how do you um challenge that like what do you like how do you answer the question why I actually started writing a zine that's called I'm Not That Type of Clown because Mm. people would always be like, oh, you're a juggalo. And I would say like, well, no, I'm not a juggalo. Definitely not a juggalo. And they would say like, oh, you're a birthday party clown. Like, well, I'm not that type of clown either. Mm. So um, uh, I I had another name for it. I don't do birthday parties. Mm. Um, Just to sort of explain that the archetype of a clown shows us a lot like I'll fall down so you don't have to like it's right. okay to laugh at me if you can't laugh at yourself but it I sort of like the idea too that clowns will show us like all these social masks that people put on I mean like you might not be a s- birthday pr- your birthday party clown you might not be like a sadomasochistic clown that puts face paint on but if you put a face full of contour on before you leave the house and you can't leave the house until you have <laughs> it on, you're a mm. clown. I'm sorry right. to, to be the one to br- tell you that, but um, you oh. definitely are. And everybody sort of has that thing where you're afraid to get played. You're afraid to like, you know, feel like you got fooled. Mm. But that's what the fool is there to sort of show you that it's okay to laugh at yourself. And if you can't laugh at yourself, like... I do it all the you're, time. You're being too serious. You're taking yourself too seriously. I do it all the time, especially like I'll be angry, like mad as heck, and I'll be like, "Man, ooh," and like, you know, slam something. But as I'm slamming it, like, kind of like stub my finger on the corner of a table, and I'm like, "Goddamn!" And then yeah. I'll start laughing because I'm like, "It wasn't even that serious." Now you're hurt. I know, and <laughs> I I s- sincerely feel like the world would be a much better place if everyone had to watch videos of themselves like flipping out in traffic, or just like <laughs> the ways like people go off and be like, "Okay, calm down. It's right. really not that deep." Like, you know, I don't know. I just I think that's a really there's a lot that you can do with like creative expression mm-hmm. through that mm-hmm. I- archetype of the clown. That's dope. So have you have you heard of uh, Fringe Festival? Have you ever done anything with Fringe? I have heard of Fringe Festival, but I haven't done anything okay. with them. Um, yeah, I heard about it this past year. Sweet. But I'm definitely interested in getting involved. And like you I sh- said, over the past year, this has really taken off. And mm-hmm. I ha- have more confidence now to approach different venues. Mm-hmm, and I have mm-hmm. videos of performances. You know what? It's like I have a little more to back it up. Okay. Like well, I've actually done Fringe. I, would, I did it in... 2016 alongside uh the folks from boom concepts and we did a immersive play Um, we actually just recently redid the play um at community forge uh but it's called if i die um and we did it french festival 2016 and actually won best of show won the silky award it was really very very weird art but it was really really dope um and at this last showing i actually met the person who runs the pittsburgh fringe and i you know, it was like, hey, well, how would you feel about Level Up hosting some performances? And she said that oh uh, the venues themselves would have more um, agency when picking the performances. So I'd be really interested in having you here doing your thing because I would love to see it live and, and get grossed out and then cry and then laugh and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the Broken Heart Sideshow, I mean, talking about how hard it is to find love, everybody can relate to mm-hmm. that in some way. I mean, there's always been some sort of situation where you've been frustrated mm-hmm. by, you know, you like somebody they don't like you, you got mm-hmm. broken up with, or you had to be the one to do that. And so I like to, you know, expand on that. And uh, like I said, every show is different, mm-hmm. and I would absolutely love to come here and 
as long as I can put a, a drop cloth out so I don't get my cinder right. block rubble everywhere. Yeah, it's nice yeah. Or any blood or, you know, the least amount of blood on the floor, the better. Um, just kidding. But uh, all right. So like, where do you see, um, you know, every career has a tra trajectory, right? Where What's next for you? Like, what do you where do you see yourself going with this? Like, what what is that big dream for you? So in the horizon for me, I have the Valentine's Day show. This is a huge deal. Like, I love Valentine's Day and I'm not like crazy about all Catholic Saints days. I don't even really like mess with Catholicism at mm -hmm. all. You know what I mean? But the story of Valentine just going against the state mm -hmm. because they said, OK, nobody can be married so we can win the Crusades mm -hmm. and St. Valentine being like, no, fuck that. <coughs> and marrying people, I just have always really loved that. So I definitely have that like drive to make it a really fun event and mm -hmm. make it a really great thing for everybody who you don't have a date you want to find somebody or you are a couple and you don't want to do something that's like the normal like oh let's go to dinner and have some whatever like cut and dry milk toast valentine's <laughs> day date right. you want to do something fun and exciting that you can like have this like great time at mm. but at that show i'm going to be doing like a more burlesque burlesque show where mm. it's like more stripping um and so i definitely want to expand the act to have more burlesque and just like have that more like vaudeville type of feel mm -hmm. um i don't actually know really like what i w where i really want to go with this mm -hmm. i just felt like this was something that i could do and express myself creatively and not just be like the girl with the ukulele right, right. you know um, but I am also trying to plan a kids event okay. because my friend Maria's daughter Phoenix was like, I want to be in your show. We can be Jack and Sally and do Nightmare Before Christmas. And I oh, was like, dope. oh, girl, let's do it. Yeah. So it's, it's basically going to be like a kids talent show. Okay. But I'm going to call it No Grown Ups Allowed. Uh, like so it, like so it's going to be like all kids like variety show. Mm -hmm. And it's just something where they can like showcase their talents. But I just really want to give a venue and like host events where I can have female comedians mm -hmm. who are marginalized in the comedy scene have like burlesque performers because the burlesque scene in Pittsburgh is super white. Like mm. me saying like, oh, I want to like get into burlesque. I look at the scene that's already like sort of in place and it is like dom all dominated by right. white people. And so having a burlesque show that's inclusive, mm -hmm. that's the type of stuff that I want to do. And just to try to create that outlet for people who mm. aren't really like that are on the fringe right, you right, know what right, i mean right. now how do like let's say somebody watching um might want to get into burlesque or doing variety shows like how does one get into that field open mics um my friend marissa runs an open mic out of black forge coffee house okay. every last wednesday of the month that's up in arlington Mount yeah, i think they're gonna do this month at the uh arlington venue but they okay. just got a new place in mckee's rock okay, so i don't okay, know if they're gonna okay. move it but um yeah open mics that's a great place to go mm -hmm. um i was gonna try and start like a burlesque meetup sort of thing there are a lot of burlesque performers in pittsburgh mm -hmm. though um, but it's just like finding a venue and of course, like your first time doing it, you're always going to be really nervous. So mm -hmm. if you have other people around you that also are like new to it right. or, you know, whatnot, I feel like that's a really good way to sort of like break into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm basically starting that meetup because I'm trying to find that like sort of in of like how to do this. But I, 
felt like whenever I started my solo show, like, okay, well, I have to make my own place because there's no place for me when I look around and mm. see all the different scenes of what people are doing. Right. I didn't really see a place where, oh, I can just go along with this thing or I can just become a part of this collective. Right, or right. I was just figured, you know what, I'm sort of an anomaly. I need to have my own thing. So would you say the scene is scattered? in a sense or yeah for sure and okay. a lot of a lot of scenes in pittsburgh i feel like are like that. yeah yeah i, I Even would though say it's that such a small town yeah. and everybody knows each other it's like how do we fix that yeah how do we because that's the same with the hip-hop music scene same with the hip-hop dance scene dancing the art scene um you know things are there are pockets that are really working but it's like yo why can't we bring together. this shit together and like make something big for the city not just for ourselves so I, I that's crazy i feel you yeah i feel like getting sponsorship from different organizations really helps like a lot of what red fishbowl does mm -hmm. i mean they help have helped me immensely just like having the space to do miming at some festival right, or right. The, you know um having the art crawls or the double mirror exhibits mm. where they have a lot of really small acts that are just sort of starting out or artists that haven't really gotten a lot of exposure um but yeah i feel like it just takes the artists connecting with each other mm. and promoting each other's business this is right. what i feel like a lot of people miss out is just because somebody else is doing something similar to you doesn't mean that they're necessarily your competition because right. everybody's different. Like you're always going to have people that vibe with what you do and mm. maybe not so much with what somebody else does, but it doesn't mean that like you can't just promote their, you know, promoting other people and, right. you know, cause I feel like if you're, even if you have some similarity, like by you promoting them, you know, that's going to bring their audience to you. Yeah. It's like, exactly. it's a reciprocal thing there. Like it may, it makes, they actually do that in business. Like, where they like kind of sponsor each other even though they do the same exact thing and it actually transfers those both of those audiences to each business so like that makes a lot of sense to me so yeah yeah i feel like we have the tools especially with social media but as we get more connected on social media people feel isolated mm -hmm. or they feel like they don't want to go out of their bubble mm -hmm. so it is it is always like a paradox though okay so i dig that so I'm going to um, jump into my random question that I like to ask everybody um, when they're on the show just because I'm random like that. So um, my next question is for you, Icky Vicky, Icky Vicky. Uh, what is <laughs> – I just like, <laughs> like how that sounds in my headphones. It sounds great. Uh, what is your number one no-no? And now before you answer this, what I mean is, like, what's the one thing that you just can't do? You know, because you do a lot of stuff. Um, but like, for example, for me, it's like, I am a very queasy person, so I can't do anything gross near me. I can't do rodents, vomit, none of that. St I just, I can't be around it, step on it, touch it, smell it, feel it, or I'm, I might faint. So mm. like, or it could be like something like, yo, some stuff that people do that I just can't, like, that's just like my pet peeve and I will elbow drop you immediately, whatever you're feeling. My number one no-no. Hmm. Well, I'm a, I'm a yes. very tolerant person. Mm -hmm. I understand people get stuck in their ways, but one of my biggest pet peeves, though, is when people throw trash out of their car window. Oh, my God. I, I, I just, it makes me feel, like, totally irate. Mm. As far as, like, gross things, I seriously have no hard limits when it comes to, like, 
nasty shit. Like I've had, like you said, I have two kids. Um, right. you know, I've done, I've dealt with all that that goes along with that, the birthing and the mm-hmm. diapers mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, as far as like gross things, I've like never. I feel like littering is like the grossest thing you, you can do. You should have seen me when my wife was having my son. I was in there like shaking, sweating the whole time. Uh, but I did good. I did good. I uh, held her yeah. like nicely. I held that leg tight. Yeah, I had my I had my daughter on medicated, and I drove myself to the midwife center to oh get my birth. God. You know? <laughs> You, you're, a tr- you're a trooper. And then I here. encapsulated my own placenta after I had the baby, too, and then ate it. What did that taste like? It tastes like the smell of the baby. It's the weirdest thing. It tastes like it's organ meat, so it definitely tastes like meat, but it smells like how like, the baby's like head smells. Like fresh baby? Yeah, it smells like baby. I love that smell. My, my, t- my two-and-a-half-year-old's starting to lose that smell. I know it's the yeah. saddest thing when they lose it. I actually have some placenta dust like still in my freezer. Placenta dust. dust that I have dust. dust, dust. <laughs> and I, s- I swear I'll like open it sometimes just to like s- get the just whiff. Just to get the whiff. I'm huh? I'm seriously so gross. Like when I say like Ikiviki, she's so gross. People are like, oh yeah, so it's your stick. It's like a thing, but it's like no, I really am like super gross. Super gross, but you hate littering, and you I can't hate stand littering. I hate littering as well because it's like come on guys. Like, this is the I only know. planet we got right now. You have to live here. You know, and I don't want to look at freaking McDonald's wrappers all day on the ground. That's, that's nasty. I, I, I seriously cried whenever that scuba team or, like, the oh, submarine team went to the Marianas Trench. Whatever, yeah. And it was, like, the deepest place we've ever gone on mm-hmm. Earth. And there was, like, a Coke bottle there. It was like, oh, our trash beat us here. Wow. Of course. There's, like, trash islands, I heard. Yeah, we just go. huge gyres in the Pacific. That's insane. And whenever the plastic breaks down, it breaks down into little polymers that are mixed in with the water, but they haven't gone They haven't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. So schools of fish will go into a current that is basically dominated by plastic polymers, and they'll all die, like, instantly and wash up on a beach somewhere. And, like, That's scientists insane. take a few days or so to figure out that they suffocated Trying to swim through it. Trying to swim through polymer currents. Come on, humanity. We got to do better. We got to get better. But the kids are so inspirational. Like, there was that kid who invented sea rim, Mm -hmm. which is a little ring that floats through the ocean, and it sets just a few inches lower than sea level, so all the water rushes in and with it the trash, Mm -hmm. and these giant nets fill up with trash, and it'll, like go off when it's full mm. and somebody can go and like change the net and a kid invented that yeah he was like 16 or something like that that's dope where where was this kid from american yeah he's american yes america yeah. america fuck yeah all right cool <laughs> cool cool well um before we uh wrap it up I, I do have a few more questions but i wanted to ask did you have any questions for me yeah um i would like to know a little more about the production you did at fringe that one and like what what was oh. the inspiration for it like how did it come about okay so i'm i'm not the main guy uh ds kensel is the main guy for this him and his wife and quinique kensel um but um the whole idea um of the show was kind of um it tied in like history and like the black lives matters movement and also um, a little bit of like African spirituality, uh, more specifically like voodoo or like Yoruba. Um, and basically each character uh, was given like a certain, uh, you know, era of time, a certain um, uh, place and also an element and or an entity that kind of um, 
develop their character. So the character that I played, uh, it was uh, it was a guy who um, was from Detroit who lived during the 1960s and was a speakeasy owner. Right. And so um, a, a lot of my character development was talking about um, the raids that happened and the riots that happened and the the aftermath of that because at the end of the day it's like okay at that time and in that place being a speakeasy owner um wasn't necessarily a good thing in the eyes of society however in my community you know set in that time it was like i was a business owner i was a provider of fun provider of like community and awesomeness and like you know worked really hard to get into that place and somehow you know somehow that got um you know that got shut down you know what I mean? And I lost, you know, my way of life. And within that, my only reaction was to burn the whole street down. And so we're talking about uh, 12th and Claremont. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, in Detroit. A lot of people from Detroit know about that. Um, and so each character kind of, you know, had that. And it was basically telling the untold stories oh. of black America, um, along with some of the newer ideas of, like, Black Lives Matter and, and kind of, like, crossing those uh, together to kind of find intersections there. Oh if that wow, makes sense. I'd love to see if there's yeah. any like recording of that. We we that. actually, my boy Jordan Taylor, I went to school with him. Um, he's a wonderful videographer and amazing DJ. He's in a group called Traxploitation, but um, he filmed the second iteration of that. So hopefully, I'm not sure when that's going to be out, but it's going to be out soon. Um, and then our plan is to actually take this production on tour, oh. and city to city, because it, it's it's extremely powerful. Um, and we've gotten each time we've done it, um, we did it four times and each time the, the, the feedback was just phenomenal. And this is like me. I'm like, I'm not an actor. That's not what I do. I'm a dancer and I rap and draw and shit. And but I'm actually really good at acting, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I really, um, really enjoyed, you know, being a part of that team at Boom because like it's a solid group of people who are actually doing really, really great work in the community and for the community. And so. Um, definitely an honor to, you know, get weird with those people, you know, because sure. it, it, it's def it, like the first scene. It's like imagine you're sitting at a real estate office <laughs> and the audience is because the audience walks. They walk through the play. They don't sit and watch it. They walk through it. They're a part of it. Um, and so basically that the first scene is like you see the characters already in this waiting room at this real estate office and the, you know, the audience walks in and. Jody and Cody, which are the um, real estate agents that are showing off the property, um, which is the venue that we're doing the show, yeah. um, they're like, oh, uh, you know, have you ever lived around black people? To the audience, and they're like, uh, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, it'll be different this time. You know, and they're just <laughs> saying stuff like that. And like me, my character, I would come in. I'd be like, hi, how are you? Have you, getting some, have you gotten any of the free vodka? And they're like, no. And I'm like, would you like some? And then they'll go to reach for it and I'll move it away. You're oh, like, just okay. do it. Like, like really <laughs> making them super, super uncomfortable. And then we kind of get into like the tour of each um, room, so to speak. And in each room is one of those characters. And each character does a, does a monologue about the issue in the period that they were. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it's really, and it's so like hard to explain. I feel really receptive yeah, to that, though. But it, it's like, because, you know, it's like a bunch of black people getting really weird, and you're like, this is crazy. Um, but then you, you, like, start hearing some of the dialogue, and you're like, whoa. And just, like, how powerful the message is. Right, yeah. right. Um, and so, like, the whole idea of uh, the real estate thing, and we say, oh, uh, you know, 
you know, don't do this or you'll get called the G word. And the G word is gentrification. Mm -hmm. And so the whole idea of showing a property is kind of talking about that piece, which is a big thing on this avenue, as you know. So, yeah. DS, if you're watching this, I apologize if I gave a horrible uh, (laughs) or listening to this. If that was a horrible explanation of the show, I apologize. Love you, man. You're great. Awesome. Um, Awesome question. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, all right. I definitely would like to see that if you are yeah. going to be going on tour, but like having a show in Pittsburgh. Yes, yeah. I think sure. I think we we're going to try to do it again. Um, it just depends because uh, you know it's like grant it's funded by a grant, so and you know and there's deadlines and timelines and all these different things that I'm not actually actively involved with. Yeah. So I'm just waiting to hear um, as one of the actors. But um, thank you for that question. Yeah. Um, so my uh, last question for you. Um, and it's kind of a double whammy of a question. Um, so a lot of what we do um, here at Level Up and the, just the work that I do personally really is like I'm, I'm always like, yo, I want to be a mentor. I want to be a role model. I want Level Up to be a space for young people and creatives to really feel comfortable within themselves um, and not only become better artists, but also um, become better collaborators mm-hmm. within art. Um, so I guess like, what um, advice would you give to maybe a young person listening to this podcast or watching us live right now um, who might want to get into a different form of art that may, you know, that may, you know, maybe their parents, like you said, you know, might be like, oh, that's not serious enough or that's that's weird, that's different, that's not for you. Like, what advice would you give to a young person looking to get into your field? And um, I kind of want you to think about that question in a sense of like if you were talking to your younger self. Oh yeah. Um, well, first of all, is that a- any creative expression that you have, that's your outlet. I mean, you anybody can be an artist. Anybody mm-hmm. can do art. Um, and that's the first thing that a lot of people feel like, even people that I know that are incredibly talented, if someone says, are you an artist? They'll say, no, mm-hmm. I make art. And like, what's th- what is the difference between those two things? Well, it's practice and your attitude about yourself and what you're doing. Mm. So even if you think something's weird, and this is what a lot of young people, I feel like maybe don't realize, or just maybe I didn't realize, is that everyone is really weird and a lot weirder than you think. Mm. Just at like taking people at surface, you know, like just like what they portray into the world. Most people do like hide away those like more weird and strange parts of themselves. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. no matter what you want to do artistically, there's probably somebody out there that's doing something similar, mm-hmm. even if it's not the very same thing. And a lot of kids today are fortunate in the ways that we weren't as much to right. where they have access to the internet at a younger age. And mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. see it's right there. People right. are doing this. It's not as weird as you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there is value in all types of art, even if it's just a performance artist or a street artist who's doing a human statue that's standing perfectly still. It's like, yeah, they're not actually moving. They're not talking. They're not doing anything. But it brings something new and different to the environment that mm-hmm. you're in. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's going to take notice of that, even if they don't, even if no people aren't sitting and captivated or you're not the most award-winning person or you're not the best at your craft you can be better than you were before Mm -hmm. so just to like keep working be confident in yourself and like I said there 
pretty much anything you want to do the weirdest things you can imagine people are doing that right people are already out there doing it and you can learn those are people you can learn from and it's interesting some of the people that i've really looked up to all i did was like message them on instagram like hey i really look up to you and then they're like on my page giving me you know good feedback Mm -hmm. some insightful conversation and just talking about the modality that we both do sideshow Mm -hmm. so talking about venues and different you know places that will book you Mm -hmm. that has been incredibly helpful and that's like your idols are just a click away (laughs) you can just go and ask people like hey how did you do this and they'll probably be like more receptive to you than you would imagine right i was gonna say that because like yo dming is awesome okay if there's someone that you like they're honored to hear from you they're like oh wow you know um and if and if they're not then they're probably not really into what they're doing anyway um yeah but yeah i know a lot of people that'll be like oh i left him left this person on scene oh i'm like this that and like getting you get this like huge ego Mm -hmm. about you it kind of like takes away from what you're doing because if people see that you are a really humble Mm -hmm. like open person they're going to be more receptive to what you're what you're doing if you just kind of approach people with a realness Mm -hmm. most mostly everybody will just give it back to you right so don't go in like yeah man my resume is packed with all this boom 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 first i'm trying to i'm trying to build right just like yo i like your stuff compliment okay like your stuff this is what i'm trying to do can you help boom most people will say yes yep it's a guarantee well icky vicky it has been so real um, this has been such an interesting interview for me. It's very different, different <laughs> yes, pace. So, you, you know, you're me. very like for someone who does what you do, you're very soft spoken. Oh, yes. I, I like that. It's very sweet. Um, but yeah, thank you again uh, for being on the show and taking Absolutely. your time out this evening. Everybody listening to this podcast and watching live. Thank you so much Deshaun, for tuning in. I can't see who's over there on the level up page, but thank you so much for tuning in. Please drop a comment. Um, But this is your boy, Mario Quinn. And before we leave, can you tell the people where they can find you on social? Okay, on socials. um, I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram. It's IckyVicky underscore Sideshow. And um, I'm also on Facebook. It's under my real name. um, But I guess you'll just have to look through all the clown ladies in your suggested (laughs) ad friends to find me. Um, but yeah, I love, I love, love, love Instagram. And then I also have my email, ickyvicky at gmail.com. If you want to be a contestant on the dating game, yeah, hit me up, ickyvicky at sideshow at gmail.com. Dope, dope. Well, thank you again for being on the show. And family, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another Level Up podcast. It is your boy, Mario Quinn, and we are out. Peace. Yeah.